Hello, good afternoon. Hello, good afternoon. Okay, thank you. I'm feeling a little under the weather, so let me set up my, my care things here for myself before I get started. Is that blocking the camera? I take it as a no. All right. Oh, damn, my time started. All right. Fair is fair, I suppose. All right. So in the winter of 2014, after weeks of mental gymnastics, I mustered up the courage to submit my letter of resignation from one of the most toxic jobs I've ever had. <sighs> Crystal clear that it would be my last job of this kind, I walked away reminded that if we must work, then we must absolutely do so on our own terms. And one of the main things I considered within that work was if this notion of work, this place and space that we return to day after day and devote a large portion of our lives to, if this is something that we're gonna do, then it should absolutely, absolutely be something that transforms us for the better. So I did what any stationary loving human would do, and I pulled out a bunch of post-its and chart paper and Sharpies and all that jazz, and I mapped out a vision for a media lab and a creative agency, maybe not something a stationary lover would do, um, that champions self and communal actualization through work. This is the early vision of my brain dump. In 2015, that vision came to life as oratory glory and guided by this belief that actualized individuals instigate change and necessary change and innovation, we conduct research, produce transmedia stories, create artifacts, design solutions, and mid to long-term change management that essentially inspires self-discovery, bold creative expression, and collaborative communication that's all grounded in the name of helping evolving creators both own their voice and leave their mark. Sounds simple enough, right? Straightforward enough. So my favorite part about that work is that we also get to help brands and businesses, is it doing the moving thing? Now it's, it's moving. Experience those aha moments that make change feel both accessible and irresistible when it comes to navigating profound shifts and ensuring successful adaptation to new paradigms, technologies, or dynamics. There's the movement that we were looking for. Outside of the client-facing part of the work, the main piece that I lead is within our media lab. And over the next decade, we've made this commitment, knowing that stories are what really help drive change. This commitment over the next decade to building out this globally accessible library of stories and experiences and artifacts that do two things, champion and model more equitable worlds of work, and help evolving humans develop and apply their gifts and their talents for their life's work and personal fulfillment. Within the Media Lab and the Archive, our first offering is Tell Me About Yourself, and some of you are signed up for that session tomorrow, which is more affectionately known as the TMA book. And in those moments, and raise your hand if you've been in a moment where someone has awkwardly asked you some variation of tell me about yourself or what do you do? I see the head nods, you're like, please, for the love of God, no, right? So, Tell me about yourself within the context of that questioning was an offering for helping folks unearth and articulate and champion the stories of their personal narratives and their business narratives with some level of confidence and authenticity. And the book grew into this ecosystem of multimedia content, learning experiences and products that's reached over 200,000 creators like you all around the world. Um, but the TMA book is really all about synchronizing the heart and mind so that 
new ways of articulating your gifts, your desires, and your needs become available to you. So in seeing all the reach who TMA touched, I'm like, okay, this is great. But what I realized through the TMA work was that one of the key reasons that people were trying to rework their stories is because they didn't fit into these boxes of containers of work that the world tried to squeeze them into. And as a six-foot-tall person that has attempted to do the same, I know all too well the discomfort that comes with trying to shrink yourself or your story. So I zoomed out to do a little something bigger and expanded the focus of our research. Here's me in my studio with my wonderful research assistant sleeping on the job, craving this departure from future of work conversations that are filtered through this limited lens of capitalism and whiteness, I was desiring more of an exploration of how we might truly create the conditions for reimagining work as a pathway to self and communal actualization. And I was most curious about that through the journeys and desires and the needs of early to mid-career cultural care and knowledge practitioners who identify as black, indigenous, people of color, and LGBTQIA+, who we know are folks who research has repeatedly shown are driving and moving the economy forward, but are often grossly underrepresented and marginalized through their experience. And I was like, well, what do we have to learn from them, from us? Within that process, as any of you researchers know, it, it happens to get deeply personal and, and quite meta. And um, within that process, I became emboldened to become my own subject. And it dawned on me that I'm like, OK, we're moving this agency and studio forward. But if we're going to deliver on the promise of oratory glory to our collaborators, to our communities, to the people who trust us, I have to be willing to interrogate my own definition and how I relate to work as well. So what ended coming of this research that is a thesis in the works was I ended up writing a manifesto. And it became a series of tenets and subgroups for how I engage with work. And in the interest of time, I'm going to share three of these tenets that I feel are most relevant to you all. I think particularly as we think about what this session is all about, right? Finding deeper purpose and transitioning on paths to leadership. So I'm going to share three tenets with you that I think will be most relevant. My hope is that you can begin to practically apply them here and now. I'm going to take a sip. All right. The first tenet is decide what it means to you, groundwork. Now, you might be familiar with the colloquialism, do the work or doing the work. And there's this prompt within that to do something, but the what or the how isn't always made clear. And that's because we have the power to decode and decide what that means for us. Within my own 39-year labyrinth of a life path, I have come to know work as a lot of different things. I've worked many jobs, burned the candle at both ends to try and make ends meet, and sometimes not make ends meet. Um, I've burned myself out for work. And what I recognized within that 20-year journey was that I saw work as how much I was willing to pour energy into an unreasonable amount of practice toward projects or endeavors or businesses or companies who I felt responsible to. And what I noticed within that pouring was that no matter what the accolades were or the material successes that came from it, the more I poured without regard for my own well-being or my own innate desire, the more my most cherished relationships suffered, the more I suffered, and if I'm being completely honest, the closer I was to death. 
And it was those realizations that helped me say, maybe it's time to reconsider a little something different. Uh, and so now I've come to know work as a lifelong devotion to the liberation and transcendence of myself, my family, my community, and society at large, all of us here. Now, what that contribution looks like shifts over time, and the action or inaction within that contribution can be grand gestures or small, simple deeds, but that's the beauty of it. I know my work right now is partially to honor self-acceptance as the antidote to the allure of external validation. My work is to cherish and express my uninhibited creative expression and honor my weirdness, whether it makes me money or not. My work is to share the unfolding of my story, the triumphs, the falls, the lifts, the climbs, in artful, honest ways that challenge people to, as a beloved once put it, not turn away from themselves, right? That's my work. And what I know to be true within that is that my language, my own language, is my original spell. And what I mean by that is I get to decide, and because my language is the bedrock for how and why I work, it allows me to not get caught up in uh, the loop of what a hamster wheel might lure me onto. And the exact same thing is true for you. The language that you decide on for what work looks like, feels like, and means can set a new foundation for the life that you imagine for yourself. Which brings us to this question, what is work and why do you work? I'll leave that with you as we move into tenant two. What is work and why do you work? Not a question we ask ourselves often enough. Tenant two is take care of home, interior work. Growing up, my elders or my mom, when they were really proud of or impressed by something my siblings had done, they would say, ooh, I'm scared of you. And by that, they would mean that there was something so wonderful about the way you were standing in your own genius and expressing yourself, that even if just for a moment, the brilliance of your flame was awe-inspiring, right? But we don't get to a place of expressing our gifts and talents without interior work. And I feel like we don't talk about this enough. And by interior work, I mean it's the work of going inward to honor, to make sense of, and to celebrate the truth of who we are. And it's within that work that we develop the skills to be the people that we want to see in the world, to be who we desire. Now, what interior work can look like, it's completely different for each of us here. But I want to offer you up, in the interest of time, a few examples that have been historically helpful for me, particularly with, as it relates to if there's anyone here who struggles with debilitating anxiety or panic attacks or untrustworthy narratives around intimacy and relationship, all the real human shit that we deal with that we may not speak through out loud, right? The first is the Chani app. I'm a big astrology fan. I think it's one of the most fantastic tools for personal development. This comprehensive app for self-discovery, mindfulness, and healing is tailored to your natal chart, which is essentially a map that pinpoints where everything in the cosmos was at the exact moment you were born. It includes journal prompts, theories, practices. I review this every Sunday to set the tone for my week ahead. Something even more concrete is a podcast called Finding Our Way by therapist and somatics practitioner and writer Prentice Hemphill. Each conversation holds up a mirror to show us how we might move toward embodying the worlds that we dream of. Uh, season three, episode seven with Sonia Renee Taylor is my favorite so far. And then Unseen Energy, uh, Vanitha Watson's work as a depth hypnosis practitioner changed my life. 
at a point where I found myself overwhelmingly afraid of what dwells in the dark recesses of my mind. With her as my facilitator, I was able to put several crippling false narratives to rest that had been on repeat, locate and mend a deep inner child wound, and reconnect to myself in ways that have bolstered my creative confidence and emotional intelligence. And I think it's really important to note how interior work allows us to come outside of ourselves and express. And I know sometimes this type of personal development can be deemed as like woo-woo, right? But what we do know to be true is that our interior work, the intrapersonal relationships that we cultivate with ourselves, become the foundation for how we show up outside of ourselves and in our work. And you know that if you've seen a colleague who might have come to work and they're sprawling and they're bringing all their baggage and they're projecting, and that's a symbol of interior work that's maybe not done yet. And I've been that colleague and that loved one before. I think everybody in this room has been that person. So let interior work be your blueprint, which leads us to our final tenet. I'm going to take one sip because I like the word satiating on the screen. It's one of my favorite words. <laughs> satiating or bust. Heart work. I remember vividly coming to the end of the calendar year from like 2017 to 2021 in this deep cloud of existential dread, like, what am I doing? Does this happen to y'all at the end of the year? Like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Does it make sense? Am I moving the needle forward anywhere? Just me, that's fine. Um, so I was finding myself coming up against that roadblock and what I recognized was I was putting the projects that I really wanted to do on the back burner to tend to projects that paid the bills. And it was the same cycle. I would recognize the pattern and then I'd get annoyed about it, and then I recognize, oh, I can do something different, and then I repeat that until I was able to cultivate habits that allowed me to remove that self-sabotage roadblock or at least minimize it until I could move forward enough in my way of being. And then during my winter hibernation in December of 2022, I read the words from Audre Lorde's Uses of the Erotic essay, and they shifted everything for me, and I'm gonna read a snippet for y'all. For once we begin, turns page, to feel deeply all the aspects of our lives, we begin to demand from ourselves and from our life pursuits that they feel in accordance with that joy which we know ourselves to be capable of. Our erotic knowledge empowers us, becomes a lens through which we scrutinize all aspects of our existence, forcing us to evaluate those aspects honestly in terms of their relative meaning within our lives. And this is a grave responsibility projected from within each of us not to settle for the convenient, the shoddy, the conventionally expected, nor the merely safe. And it was in Lord's words that I found solace and I was like, oh, Lord is moving us toward heart work. And I think that's the call for each of us here today. That heart work is like, are you willing to dig deep? to listen to what your heart beckons for and to choose that even in the face of fear or opposition in a world that is crumbling all around us and sometimes within us, are we willing to choose that heart work? That's what Lord moves us toward. And I envision heart work as the space and the place where we choose what lights us up, where we choose the projects, the relationships, the creativity, the vision, the career paths, the pivots, that make us come alive, that awaken us to ourselves. And I feel like that's what these times call for. And I know that might seem like a tall order, 
but I'm a person who moves in the belief that if all we have is time, why not give it a go before we go? And before I go, not die, but before I leave the stage, I want to offer you up a few questions to help you lean into what your heart calls you to do across your everyday work. The first question is, does it move you? Does it move you? The second question is, will it grow you? The third question is, can you be yourself in it? And the fourth question is, are you willing to become who your heart is calling you to be? I hope so, because we've got a lot of new worlds to build. We need each other to do it. And everything we need is already within us. Thank you.